You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, the only daily TCU podcast. Stephen Simcox here with you your host and appreciate you joining me today in segment one i'm going to tackle uh, what's going on in the big 12 this weekend usually do that segment on friday but cool thing coming up for you on friday um today's thursday december 10th by the way if you didn't know but you probably do if you're if you're driving around and listening to the podcast you, you most likely know what day of the week it is anyway uh, on friday i'm going to talk with chris gross who is a good friend of mine fellow tcu alum we used to work at ktcu together and he worked at 103.3 ESPN in Dallas for a number of years. Funny guy. So we're going to tackle um, TCU coaches' Twitter accounts. We're going to rank – or we're going to give our top five TCU coaches' Twitter accounts and just have some fun with it. But I, I don't know how long that conversation is going to go. I guess I should know as the person running this thing. But I'm going to sort of let it go where, where it wants to go and to make sure that I get our – weekly sort of look ahead to the Big 12 weekend. I'll do that today in Thursday's pod. Also in uh, segment two, TCU men's and women's basketball both hit the floor today. The women got a victory over Lamar. The men, well, they fell to Providence 79-70. So we'll break that down. Have some concerns about this men's team. They are are struggling right now. Had some injuries today, but we'll wrap all that up and, and tackle what happened in those games in segment two. And then finally in segment three, uh, I'll get into TCU football, some bowl projections. Um, saw this come out today, or it didn't come out today, but someone had a nice roundup of all the different bowl projections for different teams. So we'll take a look at where TCU stands as they head into one last week of the regular season. But before we do that, let's talk some Big 12 football and the games coming up this weekend. Only three games other than uh, TCU and Law Tech, and, and one of them is Oklahoma and West Virginia. Curious to see how OU comes out in this one because uh, last week they looked really bad on offense, to be honest, or, or just not as efficient as you would expect from a Lincoln-Riley-led team. They seem to be kind of coming in their own and ran into a Baylor squad that has played well on defense this season despite their record. Uh, but they were able to do enough on offense to win 27-14. to They moved the ball in the second half, put together some scoring drives, West Virginia is coming off just getting bludgeoned by Iowa State, 42-6. to Was your final score in that one? I uh, gave up a lot of yards to Brees Hall. Also, Brock Purdy had one of his more efficient games of the season. So, for OU, I imagine this is a chance to work on some things ahead of the Big 12 title game. You know, there's been some question about why this game's even being played since Oklahoma has already locked up uh, the Big 12 title game appearance. And... I'll just say this about it. One is Bob Bowlesby came out and said, like, listen, every Big 12 game we lose, we're losing $3.5 million. So I think that's one big reason why this is happening. The TV money is there, and the Big 12 has a chance. I mean, they're gonna they're going to this week, and if they can get the Big 12 title game in next week, they're going to get every single – there have been some games postponed, but not a single game is going to be canceled. And that's honestly amazing given what's been going on with the pandemic and right now the surging numbers around the country. But that's one reason the game's getting played. Also, I mean, West Virginia signed up to play 10 games. They signed up to play nine non-conference games. So they want to finish out their schedule. And if this was any other year, I mean, if, oh, there's a chance that 
last season or in seasons past or in, in the future, Oklahoma could wrap up a Big 12 title appearance before the final week of the season, and they would still be expected to play one more game. So I don't think it's ludicrous to ask these two teams to play. Uh, West Virginia's offense looked really bad last week, and Oklahoma's defense seems to be rounding into form. So I, I think the Sooners take care of business there. That game's on at 11 a.m. on ABC. Um, Texas and Kansas. So Texas had a tumultuous week last week with the Urban Meyer saga. That apparently has ended. Reports are that Urban Meyer has moved on. He's going on to something else. He's going to stay in TV uh, and not be on the sidelines in Austin next season. And Texas, to their credit, they rallied and beat Kansas State 69-31 to last Saturday. Kansas has one more chance to get a victory. I mean, as funny as it would be if they found a way to beat the Horns, I just don't see it happening. I know they were able to stay in that game against Texas Tech. They lost 16-13, to but um, they actually tied that game in the fourth quarter and forced turnover after turnover. The Tech field goal kicker missed three kicks. I mean, that was a game that Texas Tech dominated, but you would not know it by the final score. I don't really feel like Kansas turned a corner last week. And I, I don't see anything surprising happening on Saturday. So I think the Horns take care of business and everything will be fine and amazing. You know, I, I don't know what to think about that job now and where Tom Herman stands. I feel like he's probably back next year just because I don't see anyone else really firing up that donor base unless Matt Campbell makes a move down to Austin. And I don't foresee that happening. Um, but I don't feel like they'll have any trouble against KU this weekend and finally uh Baylor and Oklahoma State and this is a really intriguing game to me because both these teams are struggling right now Oklahoma State is reeling they come off that loss to TCU the offense was very inconsistent credit the TCU defense for coming up big drive after drive stepping up to the challenge even as their offense kept putting them in tough situations but a ton of injuries. They've had guys opt out. How much motivation do they have? And then Baylor, you know, I heard Dave Aranda in the Big 12 teleconference this week and in some other media availability opportunities. And I don't want to make too much of it because, you know, I'm not like a psychologist or anything. And tone and, and body language can be a hard thing to read sometimes. But he just sounded really beaten down. I mean, he just sounded like a guy who uh, was ready for the season to be over. So if you're someone who sort of relishes in the struggles of your rivals, um, then I'm sure you're enjoying the, the tough season that Baylor ha is having. And it seems like they want to get the season over with and move on to the off season and get ready for next year. So I think the key in that one is just going to be who is more motivated to actually play the football game. And when the lights come on is going to step up and make some plays and that game is at 6 o'clock, and it's on ESPNU. So three games outside of TCU Law Tech, and that is your Big 12 Weekend Recap. Coming up next, let's talk about TCU men's and women's basketball and their games this afternoon. But before we do that, let's discuss Coors Light. It's Thursday. Are you going to watch some NFL football tonight? Or are you going to tune into some college basketball? Uh, there's a ton of sports going on right now. It's a great time of year to be a sports fan. We have overlapping um, seasons and it's a great time to grab a cold Coors Light. Coors Light is refreshing. It's cold brewed. It's cold lager. It's the one I choose when I, don't wanna, when I want to unwind. Coors Light understands that watching sports or whatever it is you do when you get that chance to have uninterrupted me time, it's sacred. It's precious. It's your time, and you should have a beverage, a beer that's made to chill like Coors Light 
Um, next time you want to hit relax and hit and re- hit reset and unwind, grab a cold Coors Light, and you can get Coors Light sent straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get.coorslight.com. Please always remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Back here on Locked on Horn Frogs, segment two. Stephen Simcox, your host here with you. And we were talking uh, about the Big 12 schedule in the first segment and, and what it looks like this week. And now I want to get into some TCU men's and women's basketball. So the ladies, they took on Lamar today and got a 79-53 to win. And, and we'll break that down in a minute. But first, I want to talk about the men and their loss to Providence. They fall to Providence 79-70 to was your final score. The Friars get the victory. And it was another game where TCU really struggled defensively. Now, Providence shot 52% from the field, which uh, is pretty high, but that's not, that's not terrible on its face. Um, but TCU was not really able to get Providence to turn the ball over or keep them off the glass. And here's some telling stats. So Providence got 63 shot attempts in this game. TCU had 45. They got out-rebounded 33-20. to TCU turned the ball over 19 times. Providence turned the ball over 12 times. So really, any way you slice it, just about any stat you look at, the Frogs struggled significantly, and Providence uh, dominated the game in a lot of ways. And it was another game where David Duke, yes, that's really his name, uh, an individual player. So last last time out, it was Austin Reeves who just went off and had 30-plus points. David Duke had 28 points tonight, and he cooked TCU. I mean, he was 11-19 from the field. Five of eight from three. He was getting in the lane and finishing. He was hitting step back threes. He was doing just about anything he wanted on offense today uh, and had a huge game. So this defense is really concerning to me. You know, they started out just in straight up man. Um, and then Providence was having so much success on offense that they decided to go with a 2-3 zone instead. And that helped force Providence in some more difficult shots. But on the flip side, what it also did was it made it tougher for TCU to rebound, and they really struggled to rebound against this Providence team. So very concerning things happening on defense for TCU. They, and that was something they played. They played well on the defense side of the ball against Liberty and Tulsa. And Liberty and Tulsa are a group of five teams, but they're pretty solid mid-major programs. And you were hopeful that that would carry over into, you know, some of these more marquee matchups against Oklahoma and Providence, and it has not, it has not done that so far. On the positive side, though, uh, another big game from Mike Miles. He was fantastic, had 20 points, uh, 7 of 14 from the field, so a really efficient night for him. Um, he is a, a pretty complete player, even as a freshman. I, I mean, this is a guy that if he's there for a couple seasons – then you're looking at something special because he's already a, a pretty polished player, especially offensively, and is dynamic and can make things happen from that guard position. R.J. Nimhard was also fantastic tonight, 25 points on 11 of 17 shooting. He stepped up in a big way in the absence of uh, Desmond Bain, who, who moved on to the NBA and will be playing for the Grizzlies in a couple weeks. You know, Kevin Samuel only had uh, 10 points, and some of that was in garbage time. So I don't know what the answer is there. I want to see them get Kevin more involved, but it's just not happening on offense. And even his rebounding was down six rebounds. They only had 20 rebounds in the game. Like, that's insane. I know Providence didn't miss a lot of shots, uh, but just crazy to think that they only had 20 rebounds tonight 
in a college basketball game over 40 minutes. And TCU is going to move on to play A&M on Saturday, so that should be a fun matchup. But worth noting, P.J. Fuller, who was really, really good against uh, – Oklahoma in the last game had 20-plus points. He was injured. He has uh, he was in a walking boot. appears he has an ankle injury. Francisco Farabella was also out of this game. So they were missing some key guys in that backcourt. But still, um, really struggling defensively. I mean, I have some real deal concerns about this TCU team after what appeared to be a nice start. Now they're 4-2, and two, but can you stop the bleeding? Could you play another good team in A&M on Saturday? And then you play Oklahoma State. Um, in a couple weeks. And Oklahoma State is a squad that's very young, but they're very talented. They have Cade Cunningham, who is the number one high school player in the country, coming into Stillwater um, this season. So that's going to be a tough game. And then you have a couple more non-conference games before you hit the teeth of your Big 12 schedule. So hope they can start to figure this thing out. But a disappointing performance and another loss, a second straight loss for TCU men's basketball in another game where they just could not – uh, play good defense and, and get stops when they needed to and, and got killed on the glass today as well. On the women's side, uh, they get the victory over Lamar, 79-53. to Nice bounce back for the Lady Frogs after that loss to Iowa State. And this game played out similarly to the rest of their non-conference games so far this season, um, meaning that it was sort of close. You know, the first half, at the end of the first half, they're up 33-27. to but then they really came through and dominated the second half, especially the fourth quarter, 25-8. to eight. So they've done a good job of closing out games against inferior opponents, which is super encouraging, and you hope that keeps up as the season goes on. Lauren Hurd was really good again today. She had 16 points, but Yummy Morris actually led the scoring with 20 points on 8 of 11 shooting. Uh, she sort of emerged as a um, nice complimentary piece to Lauren who's always going to find a way to score and Tavi Diggs actually got the start today in, in place of Caroline German who was a Juco transfer so Reagan people tinkering with this lineup a little bit and this is the time to do that um, they play Middle Tennessee State on Saturday and then have about a week off before playing Texas Tech so a good win for TCU played a lot better defensively today Iowa State just came out and blitzed them I mean they were hitting threes they were basically doing whatever they wanted to on offense, and TCU um, was a lot more settled on defense and did a better job slowing that down and scored almost 80 points. So um, an encouraging night overall. Uh, shot 52, excuse me, shot 54% from the field and 37% from three. Curious to see how they do against Texas Tech in about a week and a half because that was a team that gave them fits last year, swept them even though they had their best season ever. Um, so can you get back to 500 and league play when you take on the Red Raiders here soon? Coming up next, we'll talk some uh, bowl projections and some TCU football. This is the Locked on Horn Frogs. Locked on Horn Frogs final segment. Appreciate you joining me today. Don't forget, we'll close out the week tomorrow with Chris Gross, a good friend of mine, fellow TCU alum, used to work with me at KTCU, and we'll give our top five TCU coaches Twitter account should be a fun show, a little bit of a different show as we get ready for uh, TCU football in the regular season finale. They are playing La Tech on Saturday, and, and I'll make sure to also give my keys to the game in tomorrow's episode. Um, you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is that you listen. And the cool thing about subscribing is I get this up on midnight. I schedule it to go out 
on midnight every day. So if you're a night owl, you can listen to it then. If uh, you want to listen to it on your morning commute, that's an option, or on your way home from work. But whenever you want to listen, if you subscribe, then it gets downloaded to your phone automatically, and it's just there, and it's convenient, and you can listen whenever and wherever. So subscribe to the pod wherever it is that you listen. And you can also follow me on social media at Simcox Stevens, my personal account at locked on TCU is a show account. If you have some feedback, if you have a question, feel free to uh, chime in and hit me up on either of those accounts. And if you like the show, um, I, I'd love it. If you'd share with somebody that you're enjoying it, um, trying to grow listenership, trying to sort of build this thing. I think the best way to do that is organically. So if you're enjoying locked on horn frogs, let somebody know why. And tell them to uh, hop on the train as well. And and I'd really appreciate that. And if you want to rate and review on uh, Apple Podcasts, that's a, a helpful way um, to let people know who are new to it and looking at it for the first time that maybe it's something they should check out. But let's talk about TCU football. And I wanted to break down um, some bowl projections. So Shehan Jaranja actually put this together. Uh, he covers – college football in the state of Texas for Dave Campbell's Texas football. And he just sort of rounded up from, you know, different publications where everybody has all the teams in Texas as far as bowls go. So TCU, uh, stadium.com has them in the Liberty Bowl. Um, ESPN has two different projections, but both of them are the Liberty Bowl. Stadium.com has TCU in the Liberty Bowl against Kentucky. Um, ESPN.com has them in the Liberty Bowl against Kentucky. ESPN's Mark Schlebaugh has him in the Liberty Bowl against Tennessee, and The Athletic has him in the Texas Bowl against Arkansas. So all those publications either have the Frogs at the Liberty Bowl in Memphis or at the Texas Bowl in Houston. I like both those uh, matchups, projections, whatever you want to call it, because, you know, if you end up in the Texas Bowl and go to Houston, that's a place where you recruit actively. You try to bring athletes in, and it's uh, – Easy travel for fans. You know, Memphis is uh, a nice place, too. And, and more importantly, the opponents, you're getting quality uh, sort of mid-tier SEC opponents. Kentucky is a, a super interesting team. They have a great defense, and they love to run the ball. Does that sound familiar? Uh, to the team down here in Fort Worth. And Arkansas is having a really impressive season. I honestly thought Sam Pittman, when he took over and they were going to have to play an all-SEC schedule, I figured Arkansas would go 0-10. That's not the case. Uh, Felipe Franks, the transfer from Florida, is having a nice season for them. They want to run the ball downhill as well, and they play a very salty brand of defense. And then Tennessee uh, has a lot of talent. Jeremy Pruitt has recruited really well. Now, the talent has not translated two big results on the field yet, but I know they want to change that. But any of those opponents would be a good test for TCU in bowl season. And it's amazing how much that win over Oklahoma State really changed where they might end up because they were sort of teetering as maybe the last Big 12 in a bowl team in a bowl game, looking at potentially like the Armed Forces Bowl or the Heart of Dallas Bowl and, excuse me, the First Responders Bowl, which is in Dallas. But that one against Oklahoma State, if Oklahoma takes care of business against West Virginia, TCU's going to finish fifth in the league. If Baylor finds a way to upset Oklahoma State, they'll finish fourth in the league. So finishing over 500 
in the league was a big deal, and that was a big win. But that's sort of what they're looking at postseason-wise as they head into their regular season finale against La Tech. And on the La Tech front, that game, what are you guys looking for in that one? I mean, me personally, like I think you want to see this team continue to develop and grow in the passing game. It was fantastic that they were able to sort of flip the switch and push the ball downfield last week. Quentin Johnson made some big catches. Darius Davis was huge. I'm so glad that he has turned into a great playmaker from this team. And he'd been doing it mainly in special teams, but last week shows that he's also a threat in the receiving core. And if Blair Conright's healthy and he slides back in there, then great. You have even more weapons with Davis and Conright and Johnson on the field. Uh, But that Davis touchdown, that 70-plus yard touchdown, was massive last week against Oklahoma State. So can you continue to work on that? Can you get some more rhythm in the intermediate passing game? Because – you're going to get some extra practices with uh, the bowl season. You'll have another chance against most likely a power five opponent. So this is an opportunity to work on that and build towards that by putting together a good performance against a lot of tech. And then defensively, you want to see this team continue to dominate like they did last week. I mean, last weekend, the offense kept putting the defense in bad positions, but they just made play after play after play and did not bend and give up uh, touchdowns, and even in some situations give up any points when their backs were against the wall. So you hope that La Tech, uh, who is going to have less talent than Oklahoma State, is pretty easy to handle defensively. And I hope they find a way to win comfortably. I mean, that's that's the ideal thing. Get some young guys in there, get everybody a lot of reps, have everyone feeling good um, with one final game in the card or under the lights. One final game for those seniors and a big opportunity to finish the season, finish the regular season, that is, 6-4, and four, and sort of springboard into bowl season. Don't forget tomorrow, you can tune into Locked on Horn Frogs. We'll have Chris Gross on the show, and we'll have a fun uh, sort of show where we rank the TCU coaches' Twitter accounts. And I'll also have my keys to the game against Louisiana Tech as we get you ready for that game on Saturday. Thanks for listening. Hope to uh, – hear from you tomorrow as well. This is Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.